Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jason Parker. Jason, are you ready to do this? George, thank you so much for having me as a guest. Absolutely, I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Jason is an RICP. He is the president of Parker Financial. He's the author of the best-selling book, Sound Retirement Planning, and the host of the podcast, Sound Retirement Planning. I'm excited to have you on. Jason, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Very good. So, um, been married for 23 years now to my high school sweetheart. Nice. And uh, she just, I love love being married to my wife, Rebecca. Um, we have two amazing kids, and uh, the ages now are 14 and 12, and we're just having a blast. My son and I, we like to go out and play paintball on the weekends. Um, my daughter is very involved in dance, so it's just fun to see her excelling and going to those dance competitions. And, um, yeah, so it's a little bit about my, my, me personally, why I do what I do. I'm passionate about, uh, retirement and, um, helping people make this transition from their working years into retirement. I've got a couple stories I could tell you. I've given a lot of thought about how I came to work in this profession and the work that we do. So happy to share some of those stories with you, George, if you, if you're, uh, w- w- want me to. Yeah, you bet. I'd love to hear them. Okay. So, you know, one of the questions we like to people or ask people is what's your first memory of money? And so I've gone through this exercise myself several times. And one of my first memories of money now, remember my last name's Parker. And so as a kid, when I was about seven years old, one of my favorite cartoons to watch was Spider-Man. And in part, because I thought there was this hope maybe that I could be the next Parker that got bit by a bug, <laughs> a spider. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that old the old song, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man friendly. Anyways, um, I was seven years old. My my uh, my parents were married, um, and then one day they got separated. And I remember my grandparents used to come and visit us in this little uh, apartment that we lived in in Illinois. And my grandma would take us shopping. And one day we were walking through Woolworth, and there was this Spider-Man toy where it was this thing that you strapped to your wrist and it had like silly string in it and you pushed a button and like silly string shot out. And man, I wanted this thing so bad. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen these things, but I was like seven years old and I threw a fit right there in the middle of the store. And my grandmother, she said to me, she said, if you want that thing, you're going to have to work for it. And so they didn't let me buy it uh, back then. And I remember my grandma, she would pay me to do dishes. I'd find quarters in the couch. I remember one time I found uh, money out on the basketball court uh, in the apartment complex we were living in. And and we were, it was a time when money was pretty tight. You know, my, uh, my parents had separated. And so I just remember money being an issue. And I think that was one of the reasons my grandparents came to visit. But little by little, I would start collecting this, this money. And then one day, 
like a lot of seven-year-old boys, I was out in the back of the apartment complex digging through the garbage can, not because I was hungry, but because it was an adventure. You know, uh, you know, seven-year-old boys, we just trying to find cool stuff. And I remember I, I found this cardboard box and I climbed out of the out of the uh, garbage can with this cardboard box and I brought it up into my bedroom and I cut a hole in the top of it and I, I uh, put tape around the sides. And little by little, as I started to collect money, I would put it inside this cardboard box. And every once in a while I'd go, I'd had it hidden down in my closet and I'd shake that cardboard box. And uh, that was, you know, one of my earliest memories of money was just collecting money. I wanted this Spider-Man toy so bad. And then one night, um, my mom was on the telephone and she was upset. She was really angry. And I could tell that the conversation, what she was upset about was not having enough money. And so I remember as a seven-year-old kid going into my closet and I grabbed my life savings, all the money that I'd been setting aside for the Spider-Man toy. And I brought it out to my mom and I gave it to her and she accepted it. Now, you know that times are pretty tight when your mom has to accept this gift. No but I, I learned a couple of valuable lessons at that moment. And probably the most powerful one was that money is about helping people. And it can really have an impact in people's lives. And so as I think back about how I ended up on this path that I'm on today, just being passionate about helping people with their money, I, th I think a lot of it comes back to that one of, the, you know, that, uh, one of those first memories as a, as a kid and just understanding the power of what money can do for people. Yeah, I think that's a great story. And definitely our, our, our experiences growing up will inform the way we behave with money today. So number one, it's, I, I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that. And number two, I mean, geez, helping people have that conversation and asking them what their first memory of money was. Um, it's got to be such a valuable thing. So when, when, when people are talking about retirement, do you, do you find that that's been changing over the past 10 years? Yeah, it has. It's exciting. Um, I was just talking to a lady the other day and she was sharing with me how her vision of retirement isn't to stop working completely. Mm -hmm. It's just to work differently and to not work as, uh, as in a stressful position as she had been. So her dream is to be a dog sitter and a dog walker and make a little bit of additional income from that. She found that website rover.com where she can sign up to be a dog walker and you know that that website connects you with other people. So I've met people doing that. I've met people doing Uber. They they like the relationships. They like being connected. They like adding value to people's lives. They just don't want the stress and they want time freedom. And so it it, it is changing and the world is getting better and better all the time and it's uh it's just exciting to think that people can make a transition into their life do things a little bit different i remember one time i was visiting maui and i i met this woman and maui is just such an incredible place but i met this woman i said hey how is it that you are living here in maui and she said you know it was always my dream i always wanted to live here when she turned 55 years old she made the move and she's like, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. And now she's, uh, you know, working as a waitress. She's a very successful career, but she's working at a waitress, um, busing or, um, you know, helping people with their food and, and loving life and just having the lifestyle that she wants and not necessarily focused on money anymore. So it is changing. I'll tell you what's not changing though, George, is retirement has always been about cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's always about making sure your income matches up with your expenses and uh, the, the piece that most people have not figured out, especially high income, high net worth people, 
They're really good at making money. They're really good at saving money. But when your income gets up to a certain threshold, you just stop budgeting. You don't, you don't necessarily have to worry about it anymore. And so you just spend what you spend and they consider themselves to be frugal people. And what ends up happening many times is they don't understand how much they spend. And then they come to an advisor and they're like, you know, can, can we do this? Can we retire? And without understanding that number, it's important. It's impossible to know whether or not uh, you saved enough to be able to retire. Yeah, and I appreciate that very much, talking about how maybe the idea or how we're going to spend our time in retirement has changed, but what has not changed is that cash flow is imperative. It's it's probably the number one thing that you really need to be thinking about in retirement. So, And I think that that, that intellectually makes sense uh, to me. That being said, does that does that resonate with most people? And you talked about how maybe a lot of people don't even understand their current cash flow. It resonates with people in that they understand when they understand what the purpose of their money is. So that's another great question I like to ask people is what's the purpose of your money? Why do you have it in the first place? And sometimes we hear people say, well, you know, I'd like to be able to leave something to my my church or my kids. But for the most part, what I hear people say is, Jason, you know, we've worked really hard. We've helped our kids get through college. We bought them cars. We gave them down money for down payments on house. Now we just want to make sure we're never a burden to our family physically or financially going forward. And so we just want to know that we're going to be okay, that we can maintain the same standard of living. And ultimately what that means to maintain the same standard of living means you've got to be thinking about your spending. Something I'm always teaching people is retirement is an exercise in cash flow. You're not in the accumulation mode of your life anymore. You're not trying to build a pot of money. You're trying to distribute that pot of money. And the reason so many people mess this up is they've been really good accumulators, really good savers, but they haven't figured out how to make the transition into the next phase of their life, which is the distribution phase. And I would I would go so far to say that if you make this all about money and you don't have the conversation about purpose, about what's most important in your life, about how uh, who, who do you love and how you're going to serve, then what ends up happening is you have the numbers all figured out and you make this transition into retirement, this thing you've been working so hard for your entire life, only to find an emptiness. And people will say, Jason, I feel like I've stepped into an abyss or I feel like I'm drifting. And, it, and they have to find their bearings because all of a sudden their identity had been all about who they were while they were working. Um, and now they go to a Christmas party and says, somebody says, so what do you do? And they say, well, I'm retired. And then the conversation ends because they don't know what to say next. They don't know what really gets them excited. So it's, uh, it's definitely important. You've got the numbers, right? That's what gives you the confidence. But if you really want to have clarity about what's most important in your life, you've got to have that piece figured out too. Yeah. I think that that's such good advice right there. The tagline of my book, George is clarity, confidence, and freedom. Clarity uh, comes from understanding what's most important in your life. Confidence comes from having a good plan to make sure that the numbers are going to work. And then freedom, ultimately, what we want people to experience is freedom, freedom of time to be able to do the things they've always wanted to do, to spend the time with the people that are most important to them. And that's really what retirement is all about is is freedom. And being confident, and I, I, I certainly agree with, with everything you just said. It's so important to understand your your desires and your purpose and make sure that you're serving the people who are most important to you in the way that you want to and have time freedom um one thing that 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 i i hear from talking to a lot of smart people is that unless you have a really solid plan and understand a lot of those things you're you're going to be at risk for either spending way too much money and burning through all of your assets or 
not spending nearly enough because you're terrified of spending all of it. Have you experienced that? Would that wouldn't that be crummy to be the richest person in the cemetery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly, yeah, I don't think. I, don't, I mean, none of us are going to take it with us. It's hard to think that you've worked so hard, that you saved so much, that you missed those baseball games when your kids were growing up, that you weren't able to go to the dance recitals. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice, and then to think that there's a lost utility of money because you got to understand the purpose of money is to spend it or to give it away. Uh, but once you've accumulated enough, you're not trying to save more. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's what money is designed to do is to spend it. And so we've got to again, it's helping people make this transition. And this is one of the hardest things people will do because George, most people have spent their whole life being frugal and spending money. And I meet with people all the time and they say, Jason, we need your help getting us to spend some money. In fact, I just met with a couple recently and they said we had to, when we looked at their budget, we had to add an additional line item of just extra spending because they have been so programmed to save that making the transition is really, really hard. The reason I talk about relationships, though, uh, the purpose of your money is because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have people to enjoy it with, it really doesn't matter how much you have. And so, um, again, the most important thing is really not your money, but too many people, that's what they make it the most important thing all about. Then they get the money and they realize they're unhappy, they're dissatisfied, they're discontent. And so you, you want to be careful about what you make the priority in your life. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. And I think that right now, as a society, we are... We are having a hard time, or at least a lot of people are, finding real peace and contentment. Um, and I feel like that's something you have a lot of conversations about. Yeah, the secret to peace and contentment is really making sure you're guarding your mind. Um, you know, there's two things you want to do. You want to protect what goes into your mind, and then you want to be able to renew your mind with information that is true and that is loving and that is uh, fulfilling. And so the, I've done this uh, two ways. Number one, you've got to turn the TV off. You, you've got to eliminate the television. The television is poison for your mind. If you're tuning in to Fox News or CNN or CBS, um, Fox stands for frequent, frequently obscene and X-rated. Uh, <laughs> CNN stands for constantly negative network. Mm. Uh, CBS stands for consistently bad stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, there's an old <laughs> saying in that world that what bleeds leads. And so the way that they make money is by eyes on the screen. And they know that when they share bad news, unfortunately, uh, many of us want to tune into that. And so first thing you got to do is you got to keep the bad stuff out. The second thing that you've got to do is you've got to have a way of renewing your mind in uh, the way that I believe is the best to do it is to use wisdom that comes to us. It's more than 2000 years old and, and it's through the Bible. The Bible teaches us that uh, God is love, and so it's a foundation for building from. And, and, and when Jesus was here, he said, look, the, the number one most important thing you can do when, the, when all the teachers of the day were trying to challenge him and, and question his, who he was, he said, the most important thing is this, love God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he took all this entire philosophy— and he boiled it down into just very simple instructions. And so for me, the way that I believe the best way to renew your mind is through um, the Bible. Well, I appreciate that. And 
I think it's uh, I think that's a pretty good way to go. I think that's a pretty widely read book. So <laughs> I love it. Well, Jason, Wh- widely read, widely read, but controversial because mm. I found George in the world we live in today, uh, people are so comfortable. If you talk to them about Buddhism or meditation or any of these Eastern philosophies, that is all okay. And that's, you know, people celebrate it. But when you talk about Christianity, it seems like it offends people. And so um, I don't know if it's just because that is the culture that so many of us grew up in, and now we're trying to find something better or different. But there's definitely uh, some persecution taking place within the Christian community because people don't like that. They don't like they don't like to think that there's accountability, uh, that there's a creator. And um, so it's, uh, but it is it is a wonderful way to live. I would say the other thing to do with uh, regarding peace and contentment is you've got to focus on gratitude. The way that you become more grateful is you make it a practice, you focus on it. And so for me, for example, um, there are three people that are really important in my life, my wife and each of my kids. And so what I do when I come into the office in the morning I've got a little journal sitting next to my desk for each one of them. And I try to remember just one thing about them from the day before that uh, I just love about them. And so what that does is it gets my mind focusing on the good because you could easily sit down with that same journal and think uh, about the things that, that drive you crazy about your wife and your kids. But it's just a matter of understanding uh, focus and focusing on the right thing. And in this case, being grateful for uh, the people that are most important in my life. Yeah, I will definitely echo echo that sentiment that putting pen to paper and thinking about and then writing down what you are grateful for, um, such a such a valuable and useful tool. So thank you for that. Well, Jason, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip, even though you've already given us so many. What do you have for them? Again, uh, well, my specialty when it comes to my career has been helping people make this transition into retirement. What I want people to really focus on, spend some time on, is how much they spend. We developed um, some software as a service a, uh, called retirementbudgetcalculator.com. And if people haven't really figured this number out and figured out how it's going to ebb and flow, maybe they're going to spend more money on retirement the first or on travel the first 10 years of retirement, and then that expense is going to go away. I'd encourage them to go check out the retirementbudgetcalculator.com so they can really start to build a good spending plan. And um, I want to give your listeners 50% off. So we charge a one-time fee for the retirement budget calculator, or at least that's the way it's structured right now. So if they're listening to this some point in the future, we may have changed it. But right now, it's just a one-time fee. And if they use the coupon code podcast when they sign up, then they can uh, they get 50% off the, the, the uh, price to sign up for the calculator. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And 50% off using the coupon code podcast. Well, I certainly appreciate that, Jason. And thank you so much for coming out. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Oh, there's all kinds of different ways. The podcast is a, you know, we've got a great community there, Sound, Sound Retirement Radio, uh, my book, Sound Retirement Planning. Um, there's, we also have a website set up for that. And then, of course, the Retirement Budget Calculator is this tool that we've been developing for the last two years to help make people's lives better as they're making this transition into and through retirement. So I'd say those are probably the best starting points. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jason your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out the podcast and radio show, Sound Retirement 
uh, radio, check out the book, um, check out the Retirement Budget Calculator, which is retirementbudgetcalculator.com, and all the great stuff that Jason's working on. Thank you again, Jason. George, thanks so much. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.